What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? And how you doing? It's your it's your boy Dwayne. I almost botched my own intro, y'all. Your neighbor, your neighborhood residential prince of botch. Almost botched his own intro, but you know that's the beauty of life's a botch, baby. It ain't how you start, it's how you finish. But welcome to another episode of Life's a Botch. This is an episode um, which is concluding a series. Uh, as you guys know, if you are a continual listener, then you already know this is a final part to a series that's been going on all month of February for Black History Month. I've, you know, just had different guests. I want to shout out all of my guests who came on and, you know, uh, sat down with me on one-on-one to tell me about their influential Black wrestlers growing up in wrestling. Uh, so again, I want to shout out my boy Josh from Josh Gresh from Gresh Unleashed. Uh, I want to shout out my boy Darren from I Am Tremont, my little bro. And of course, I can't forget shouting out my brother Derek, um, you know, from pretty much everything and the creator of OTS. So thank you to those awesome brothers for sitting down with me and telling me their inspirations. I hope you guys have enjoyed uh, this series in as well. Uh, definitely something I look forward to doing uh, for future Black History Month um, months going forward with the show as this show continues to evolve. Uh, I want to sit and just thank all of you guys who listen to me every time an episode posts. Uh, thank you guys for your patience. Thank you for your consistency. Thank you for helping me help this show continually grow with ideas, um, guests, and so many different things. Uh, I'm trying to get more consistent with the Instagram. I kind of fell off on the Instagram post a little bit uh, just because I've been a little busy with a little bit of everything, uh, other OTS matters and other things like that. But uh, that's enough of the ramble. Uh, basically, this is an episode yet again about Black History Month. Um, this time I am going to sit down with myself and I, the Prince of Botch, am going to talk with you guys one-on-one, -on -one, and I am going to tell you my personal influential Black wrestlers in wrestling. So sit back, relax. Uh, if you're a new listener, before you even listen to this episode, stop what you're doing. Check out part one featuring my boy Josh from Gresh Unleashed and come on down and then come back to this episode so that you'll be caught up with what this series has been about. Okay, so let me give you a few seconds. All right, that's enough. So to my returning listeners, welcome. This is part four and the final part of this series. So here we go. Let's get started. Now, me, myself, young Dwayne, little Dwayne, my influence, much like everyone that you heard, this has uh, been a continual answer throughout every guest that was on this show. My influential Black wrestler, off the top, off the grid is The Rock. Um, he's one of them, number one, because he's the first guy that caught my eyes and ears and introduced me into wrestling. Uh, I, I remember it like it was yesterday, sitting on the floor like a typical kid would do, right? You know, and seeing this man on my screen who looked like Elvis to me, you know, he looked like a black Elvis. Um, and the funny thing was, honestly, I didn't even really know The Rock was Black. I knew he wasn't white, 
but I didn't even really know that he was black. I just knew he stood out to me and I liked him, right? And then eventually I remember finding out as I really grew into being a fan, I remember just hearing that he actually was indeed half black. And so that made me love The Rock that much more uh, because again, a lot of you say I have so much charisma. A lot of you say I'm such a charismatic guy, right? <laughs> you know, it's a little late when I'm recording right now, so I'm not as charismatic. It's been a long, productive day for your boy. But trust me, when y'all normally hear me, I'm super charismatic, right? That's why a lot of y'all probably like this show, because I'm super charismatic when I can be. I'm a little bit laid back. So if you're a new listener, this is kind of a laid back version of me. But when I really, really get into it, when I really feel it, especially when I'm interviewing guests, you guys see an electricity out of me like never before. A lot of that I owe to guys like The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is truly a definition of inspiration to me, uh, even to this day with what he does, what he continues to do, his continual success. I root for this man every day. He's literally like, you know, everybody says, I want to be like Mike. Uh, this is funny because my name is Dwayne and I always felt attached to The Rock because we both share the same first name. So what can I say? I want to be like Dwayne. And that's not too hard to do since my name is Dwayne, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm, 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 I'm doing everything to model myself as much as possible after The Rock, just putting in work, grinding, um, you know, doing everything I can to just grind, whether it's physically in the gym, whether it's right here in this podcast world, whether it's in my music, uh, any and everything I can do, putting my hands wherever I can put them, uh, just praying and hoping that I can truly get my mother that red Cadillac or, or, you know, that mansion or something, you know, anything that she's always desired. And I know it's coming sooner than later. Um, but now that we got the obvious answer out the way, let's just go ahead and talk about other key influential black wrestlers in my life, okay? Uh, for me, Ron The Truth Killings has definitely been one of my influential black wrestlers. A guy who at the time of his start went really under the radar. Now, the reason he was an influential black wrestler to me was because I believe he was the first black wrestler. Actually, you know what? Scratch that, he wasn't the first. I will get to who the first next to The Rock was for me, but I want to continue with Ron The Truth Killings for a second because in terms of WWE, with the way he presented his style, you know, coming out with the braids, the plaids, actually, they weren't even braids, they were plaids. Coming out with the plaids, having the piercings, the tattoos, the baggy jeans, especially at that time of the 90s and early and mid 2000s when baggy jeans were literally a thing and that was the look that everybody had, to see this guy on television with that charisma, with that energy, the way he moved and how he just did so much like dancing and, and gyrating and like literally showing you swag, you know, the swag of a black person. To me, that stood out so much. And see, here's the thing. He was a guy that caught my attention way before the WWE. He actually caught my attention. Being from Memphis, I used to watch, I loved wrestling so much that when I found out about local promotions, 
MCW, Memphis Championship Wrestling. Uh, no longer a promotion nowadays, but at the time, Memphis Championship Wrestling was a you know local wrestling show for the native native people of Memphis, and it's where a lot of guys like Ron the Truth Killings, like William Regal, and a lot of developmental guys from the WWE would you know wrestle, and it was kind of like what NXT is today, uh, only it was just localized, so it wasn't a national thing. Uh, if you didn't live in Memphis, you didn't know about MCW. But I remember it would come on every Saturday morning and R-Truth, a.k.a. Ron Killings, a.k.a. K-Quick, who he was at the time, I remember seeing him and he actually was like the star of Memphis Championship Wrestling. At least he was in my eyes. I mean, he definitely seemed and felt like a top guy. The crowd was behind him. He, he had so much, you know, charisma and the way he danced and the way he carried himself. I just thought that was so cool. You know, it was like watching a rapper in the form of a wrestler. And that's exactly what he is and what he was portraying himself as, uh, because that's him in real life. Uh, so to see that as a kid was so awesome. And to still see him going so strongly, even today, doing what he was doing then, so much more of an inspiration, a true legend in my eyes, a true legend. I know in a lot of guys' eyes because he's super well-respected. We've had the pleasure of having him right here on this very show. Uh, I've even had the opportunity to tell him this. Uh, so it's no fitting, no, no surprise that if you haven't already checked out that interview, I, I highly suggest going back and checking that out because you'll see clear as day just off the way I interview and chop it up with him that he definitely was a true inspiration in my book. And most importantly, that goes under the radar about him and his career is that even when he left the WWE the first time around, he found himself in a promotion that was up and coming called TNA. And TNA was merged with NWA and he ended up becoming the first, and to this day, he is the only African-American or black man, however you want to name it, to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And as prestigious as that title is, as much history as that title has, for him to be the only black man to have that title, it means a lot. It doesn't just mean something, it gets swept under the rug for some reason. But I refuse, and I know a lot of other Black people who are fans of our truth and anyone else for that matter, who is aware of that, we refuse to let that statistic die, okay? He is the only Black man to win that championship. So that to me is legendary, it's super important, and it means so much. So if you never knew that about Run the Truth Killings, I'm here to let you know he is the first and the only black man to win that title now i'm gonna track back a little bit because i didn't realize i skipped over someone outside of the rock that i really gravitated to so before ron the truth killings it was actually booker t booker t is another one of my inspirational black wrestlers now i'm gonna say this a little differently though my inspirational version of booker t is the WCW Booker T. Now, that might sound a tad bit controversial. I like 
the Booker T from WWE. I do. But I'm, if I'm being honest, the Booker T in WWE does not compare to me to the Booker T in WCW. Here's why. If you look at how he was carried in WCW, he was in a, a phenomenal tag team with his blood brother, right? They were known as Harlem Heat, one of the greatest, if not the greatest tag team of all time, right? And they were super charismatic. They were super <laughs> extravagant. I mean, they literally like had the flames that came out. I mean, they had swag before swag was even swag, you know what I mean? For a black tag team. So I feel like if it was not for Harlem Heat, who also, I, I'm not even gonna lie, you know what? Stevie Ray is included in that as well as inspirational black wrestlers. I'm gonna throw him in there as a part of his tandem with Harlem Heat because if not for Stevie Ray, who is the older brother, Booker T wouldn't even be in wrestling. So because of what Booker T has done, we owe a lot of that to Stevie Ray. So Stevie Ray, you also get thrown into my inspirational black wrestlers because again, to see him and Booker T doing what they were doing and then finding out that they were brothers and hearing that music that was just so like groovy, you know what I mean? It felt like, yeah, that's black right there. You know, I felt black. Um, seeing Booker T do these charismatic electric like moves, you know, scissors kicks and spinneroonies and doing flips and all kind of things that was like, whoa, you know? And seeing him with the buzz cut, you know, the buzz cut and I believe the bandage over the nose. That Booker T to me, that version is the most iconic and the most influential version of Booker T ever. Now, WWE Booker T, again, with the dreads, I like that Booker T. He had phenomenal feuds, phenomenal matches. I just felt like his booking could have been better in WWE. You know, coming in, the, it started right for him. You know, they they had him looking real serious, but when you put him up against The Rock and Stone Cold, all of a sudden, you know, he didn't really go over those type of guys. And I feel like WCW Booker T would have gone over those guys, if that makes sense. You know, and I don't know if it was just because he worked for the enemy. It's like he had to pay these dues all over again and lose. And, and you know, you come from an environment where you were a top guy to a place that looked at that as you were a big fish in a little pond. And now you're in the big pond with the bigger fish, you know? And so it just, I, I really appreciate him more from the WCW version. Okay, so again, if you agree with me, let me know, all right? Because I've had that on my head for weeks now, but I wanted to let y'all know my favorite version of Booker T is the WCW version. But again, I do love and respect the WWE version, the King Booker, and, you know, all of that. You know, I love it. It's just, you know, when I look back at how he was really booked and treated in WWE, you know, especially in Royal Rumbles and things like that. I just I just don't feel like Booker T 
he still lived up enough where he's obviously a Hall of Famer, two-time Hall of Famer. Uh, he still lived up to be one of the most, you know, memorable people from WWE. But it's just, do you look at him? He was a top guy for sure. And it's just one of those things where, again, to only have won the World Heavyweight Championship one time in WWE in his entire run there versus winning it five times in WCW. Also, while WCW went out of business, he was the guy to win the U.S. Championship and the World Heavyweight Championship, retiring that company with that company as a double champion. That tells me he had the rocket strap for WCW. So again, um, Harlem Heat, they're in my influential top Black wrestler list for sure in terms of tag teams. They were the first Black tag team I ever saw, I ever noticed, I ever paid fully attention to. And Booker T, the first Black wrestler uh, outside of The Rock that I really gravitated to because again, he looked more like me. Booker T looked more like me. Him and Stevie Ray actually looked more like I did, you know, from the buzz cuts, the afros and all of that. So I was like, okay, I like these brothers and I like this brother for sure. Um, and then again, Ron True Killings, as I mentioned. Um, so another person that comes to my mind is an influential black wrestler would have to be someone like MVP. And here's a guy that I feel like MVP is the greatest of all time next to The Rock in terms of mic skills. That man's mic skills is untouchable, especially when he really lets loose. It's amazing what this man is doing to this day. Um, you know, the swagger that this man had to see him come out with the braids, you know, people used to clown the outfit, you know, the attire and say he kind of looked like a Power Ranger. But the fact that he came out, had this real phenomenal entrance and came out the little, you know, the little tent that said MVP across it and just did this little move where the flames came out and you heard the music and you saw the clock. And it just, it was like, yo, MVP, you're the man, you know? I remember that, that gimmick just kind of gave you feels of like, okay, this dude must really be cold because they're treating him like a true NBA player or NFL player who's the hottest free agent in the game. And so I really love that persona of MVP. And again, to just mold to this day of what he's done from his original run in WWE uh, to wrestling all over the world in Japan, uh, Impact Wrestling and all types of different places and just really being that much better of a talent around the world and to now be in WWE again in what was supposed to be a one-off. And now he's been like a half in-ring talent, but more of a mouthpiece talent, you know? to see him telling stories such as telling Drew McIntyre, I'm gonna be the reason that you lose that championship. He said that months ago. And yet here he is, the exact reason to this day 
why he lost that title. So he's a man of his word. He told a story to you guys months in advance that you didn't even see coming. And here it is. Uh, and just elevating the careers of so many young men, uh, black men specifically uh, in WWE, which I'm loving, man. Seeing the black men with the gold like that, the Hurt Business doing their thing. Very influential figure. Um, another influential figure would definitely, let me see, who can I think of also outside of that? Um, man, honestly, I'm going to be real when I say D'Lo Brown is another influential figure, uh, another influential Black wrestler in my life. And I, and I say that because, one, I used to love doing the charismatic head shake, right? You know, shaking the head. And, but it was also when you go back and look at a lot of D'Lo's matches, here's a guy who stood toe to toe with a lot of the best of them. And he had charisma. He had, you know, this essence about him. And on top of that, his in-ring work was very underrated. A man his size, at a time where a lot of big guys, chubby guys, however you want to say it, you know, uh, guys that looked like D'Lo didn't do the type of things back then that D'Lo did. And the fact that he did them, you can't tell me that didn't influence a lot of other guys to do these things, right? So for me, I definitely say that D'Lo is an inspiration to me with just how much he's done in his career. Uh, I don't know why he's not in the Hall of Fame yet, but he should be. And I really hope that he makes it to the Hall of Fame. And I know it's a matter of time, for sure, the Nation of Domination, but also as a solo act. You know, I, I really feel like both with the Nation and as a solo act, D'Lo Brown is a certified Hall of Famer. The only title he never really won was the WWE title. And I can understand that because of, you know, having The Rock, Stone Cold, Triple H, Undertaker, Kane, Mankind, all these different main eventers. I get it, you know. Even though he had a mishap, you know, the situation with draws, you know, it could have happened to anybody. It wasn't his fault. Uh, it was just a miscommunication that went wrong. And unfortunately, it derailed his, his push because I, I, I was told and I remember hearing that he was supposed to actually get catapulted into the title picture. But then that happened and that kind of set that back. Uh, so he kind of just got stuck in that mid card. But regardless of how it goes, regardless of what's true, what's not true, at the end of the day, even if D'Lo didn't become a main eventer, he was one of the most memorable and most solidified workers and top mid-card guys ever. So for me, D'Lo Brown, and he also has one of the best frog splashes of all time. It goes under the radar. I'll probably give you guys that on like a mini episode or something where I give you like my top five finish and move variations, right? Like who has the best spears, who has the best frog splashes, those type of things. Uh, but at the end of the day, shout out to D'Lo Brown, doing his thing, killing it per usual, um, and uh, doing his thing in Impact Wrestling, you know, as a commentator right now. Um, 
And then my final inspiration. Well, actually, no, no, no. You know what? Let me go to the women. Let me go to the women. Let me go to women. I can't even can't even flex because I got to shout out the women, my beautiful black women. I want to shout out Jacqueline. Okay. And I want to shout out Jacqueline because Jacqueline is the first and the only. Well, she's the first black woman to win the WWE Women's Championship. That doesn't get mentioned enough, but she is the first black women's champion. On top of that, she's the only woman to win that title along with winning the Cruiserweight Championship. And I believe she even won the Light Heavyweight Championship too. I know she won the Cruiserweight Championship for sure. But the fact that she was a woman who won who won men championships and was not afraid to compete with the women or the men for that matter signifies that Jackie is definitely up there as one of the goats, if not the goat of pro wrestling. I feel like she set the standard for a lot of the women, such as Bianca Belair, such as Sasha Banks. Um, <clears throat> All these women that are killing it in the game right now, the Kiara Hogan's, Tasha Steele's, um, and so many, many more. Uh, so, you know, definitely Jackie is an inspirational figure to me because, again, to see her in an era where most of the women that you knew were white and blonde, uh, outside of China, who was, you know, big buff tough and dark hair uh when you take her out the equation every other woman that was there looked the same and then of course lita comes along and she switched up the style um but aside from that jacqueline was the only woman that really resembled what a black woman was you know rough tough in your face and pretty all at the same time you know what i mean uh, and and had a mouth on her, you know what I'm saying? So it, it just it signified that she represented Black women real well, especially of the 90s, you know what I'm saying? Being the 90s woman at the time. Um, but yeah, my final Black wrestler that I want to touch on for sure um, is definitely one in, I'm not going to lie, I want to go with Mark Henry because... Mark Henry is a guy that is the ultimate worker. Um, he was a, he was he's the man that literally had so many hardships. You know, he he started out as a guy who had this promise, and he kind of didn't. He kind of was like the Big Show, you know, big guy, very athletic, very standout. Um, different path in his case because he was an actual true Olympian, uh, the world's strongest man who was killing it. But the fact that he didn't get it until later on, you know, he had to keep going through developmental. He had to keep going through these different hardships. He was green for so long and he finally got it. it like he, it finally clicked in him and he finally woke up and realized, you know what? I'm a beast. And I can do this um, to see him doing what big black guys could do 
to me was also an inspiration because it was like um actually to be honest guys like him and viscera uh because viscera was kind of another one that stood out to me just because he was a huge dude he was a big black man but the fact that he could do things for a man his size guys like him and mark henry that could do things that at the time seemed very agile was like as a as a chubby kid back then to see them do what they did signified to me that okay you know what i can get in this wrestling business because if they can do that i can do that and they're black you know mark henry with the with the braids and the dreads you know viscera with the blonde Mohawk, you know what I mean? You know, that was pretty standout, you know, uh, and the contacts in his eyes, you know, it, all of these things just made them say, okay, you know what? That's cool. You know, Viscera may not have been a, a main event guy, but it's cool because he still stood out. He was still a guy that you at least remembered and knew, you know what I mean? And that, again, his size, his height, his weight, all that to me was inspirational just as a chubby kid watching Mark Henry, same case, but he actually broke through and he started becoming a main eventer. And then he started winning the World Heavyweight Championship. And to see him become the guy that he evolved into while also being the guy, the veteran that was putting people over while also having such a love for this business and still to this day being that guy who will literally shut you down if you try to disrespect the business. I absolutely love and respect that about Mark Henry, how much love he has, how much passion he has, how much appreciation he has for the business, even with backstage politics that he probably might've went through over the years. Despite anything he went through, he is a man with such class that will literally up and down, praise the WWE, respect the WWE, respect the wrestling business as a whole, put over young and up and coming talent. He's he's the reason that we have someone like Bianca Belair right now, because he's the one that scouted and found her and said, hey, I want to invite you to WWE for a tryout. So if it wasn't for a guy like Mark Henry, we wouldn't even get to see the specimen, the star, the future star, like a woman like Bianca Belair, if not for a guy like Mark Henry. So that's the type of stuff that definitely puts Mark Henry in my influential wrestler list and you know again man i just love and appreciate all of my black wrestlers both future past and present you get what i'm saying um shelton benjamin um you know i feel like he didn't get mentioned enough but just the fact that he was one of the most athletic men to do some of the most athletic things that was always cool to see what he did with a ladder, uh, running up a ladder just to clothesline a guy or running up a ladder and then doing a flip from that ladder. Um, hadn't seen anyone do something so cool since Jeff Hardy. So to see a, a black man like Shelton Benjamin doing those things that I would have saw Jeff Hardy do, to me, arguably even better than Jeff. To me, that makes Shelton Benjamin so inspirational. Um, and, you know, again, I just want to say thank you to every Black wrestler that has paved the way. Guys like Ron Simmons, guys like Mark Henry, guys
guys like Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas, you know, um, guys over the years who have just laid down the foundation for what it means to be black and black in wrestling, you know, uh, for showing us that no matter what level you're at, whether you're mid card, whether you're a tag team specialist, whether you're a main event guy, whether you're a guy that can go from being a tag team guy to a mid card guy to a main event guy. It doesn't matter how you evolved, how you changed the business. Every black wrestler has changed the business in some kind of way. And they continually still do it to this day, whether they're an announcer, whether they're a commentator, whether they're a wrestling talent, a referee, a general manager like Teddy Long, it doesn't matter. I am so grateful and thankful for all of my black brothers and sisters in pro wrestling. You guys bring the swag, you bring the energy, you bring the charisma, you bring things that's just so natural, things you can't teach because that's our culture and it's being brought to the forefront to where you got white, black, Hispanic, all types of kids who love and admire and mimic what you do, not knowing culture is what brought you to that. You know what I mean? On top of your love for wrestling. So I just want to shout out every last one of you guys. And if any of you are out there, you know, shout out to my bro, Josiah Williams. Uh, he's probably a recent inspiration for me. And he's not even a wrestler. You know, he's just a fan like myself, who is a lover of God, does music, raps some of the dopest rhymes to people's theme songs ever. And to see him in the business right now doing his thing um, and to, to work with you, brother, has been an honor and it is an honor. And I'm looking forward to meeting you even more and down the line, just doing more things with you. So I just wanna say shout out and salute to all of my up and coming talent that's out there putting in work, whether you're a performance center specialist right now, maybe you're in the performance center in WWE and you're training, maybe you're in AEW and you're working your way up the ranks, you know, wherever you are, Impact Wrestling, you know, the Chris Bays, um, you know, all of those guys and girls, um, Kofi Kingston, you know, being the first African born WWE champion, guys like you, Big E, you know what I'm saying? Xavier Woods, the New Day as a whole, making history being the longest reigning WWE tag team champions of all time. Those are the type of things, those are the type of things that stick with you, they stand out with you and to you. And I'm looking forward to meeting a lot of you men and women in the future as I continually do podcast episodes like this. Because again, it is because of you guys that I am even inspired to do this and be a voice to the wrestling community, be a voice to black media personalities. Uh, shout out to Dirty Hills. Shout out to the Jabateers podcast. Shout out to all of my black podcasters out there in the world of wrestling that cover exactly what we love. And for that, I just want to say thank you guys so much for again supporting me in this very show showing me love following me on the on on the instagram page um helping us rank this show 
and continually going up and going up and going up in the ranks. I just want to thank y'all so much because without you guys, none of this is possible. I am proud to be black. I am proud to be a black man in the world of media and the world of wrestling. Uh, I am proud to be a black artist. I am pl- proud to be all of these things that involve black and I just love it. And uh, at the end of the day, man, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you've really enjoyed this series. Um, like I said, we got so much more in the works. We got an interview, a couple interviews in works that are coming. Um, so make sure you stay tuned. Uh, I'm not going to reveal who we got coming on the next episode, but trust me, you do not want to miss this upcoming episode of Life's a Botch. And I thank you all so much for your time, your love, your consideration. Uh, again, if you're new, make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Okay, that's number one. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. So anytime Life's a Botch posts a new episode, you can see it right here on YouTube on the OTS YouTube page. We also have a Life's a Botch uh, YouTube page that's connected with OTS, where I'm going to try to work on doing some cool things for that as well to separate it and make it a little bit different than just the typical episodes that get posted on the OTS page. Uh, working on some things, we'll see what we can do. But in the meantime, I just want to thank you guys so much for what you do, um, for supporting me, for supporting my crew, supporting people under the OTS brand. Uh, please, please, please continue to support us. Uh, Spotify, shout out to you. Make sure you hit the follow button and subscribe. Um, Apple Podcasts, shout out to you. Make sure you hit, you know, the subscription button, please, because the more you subscribe, the higher this, this show gets ranked amongst wrestling podcasts. And the more people can just check it out off the name alone, Life's a Botch Podcast. Give it a listen, check it out, catch up on previous episodes and really stay tuned. You know what I'm saying? So make sure you subscribe, make sure you leave some five-star reviews. Let us know what you think of the show, how you feel about the show, all that good stuff. And um, again, man, I just want to thank you all for your time, your consideration. I wasn't going to keep this long uh, and I will be back. Like I said, we will be back, baby. So don't you fret. All right. But again, I just want to say to my brothers and sisters, um, you know, if you're listening and you're black and you're a wrestling fan, it's been an incredible month. Happy Black History Month again. You know, I'm, and, and it's, by the time you get this, it'll be the last day of Black History Month. But it doesn't mean that Black history stops. OK, it's more than a month. It's deeper than a month, whether it's entertainment, wrestling, music, acting, writing, science, doesn't matter. Okay. Black history is all year round. Okay. Because we are black history. So always understand, be great, succeed, stay in school, (laughs) you know, all that good stuff. You know what I'm saying? I know y'all probably haven't heard that since like the nineties, right? Hey kids, stay in school. Uh, All of that. Okay. No real talk. Do what you love. Do it the way you can do it because nobody can do it like you, okay? And again, even if you're not black, I still love you. And the same message goes to you as well. Do what you can do how you can do it, okay? Don't pretend to be something you're not. Appreciate what you are, who you are, where you come from, and just be you, okay? We only ask that you just do it lovingly. That's it, okay? Do it positively, 
and do it lovingly, okay? That's what we like to promote. That's what we preach. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what you call a shoot promo. Nonetheless, <laughs> until the next time, y'all, um, follow all things Life's a Botch Podcast on Instagram at Life's a Botch Podcast. Um, subscribe right here on YouTube under On the Sidelines OTS page. We got over 100 subscribers. Shout out to all of y'all who have already subscribed to the OTS page on YouTube. Literally now you can just type on the sidelines on the YouTube search bar. We are the first one to pop up. You'll see the nice OTS symbol. Can't miss it. It's got that purple, that blue, and that white. It's so beautiful, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure you check that out. Hit subscribe. And uh, well, I'm out of time. So until the next time, it's your boy, the Prince of Botch, Dwayne, with a two sweet peace.